live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on February 23, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. The developer behind a proposed golf community in East Quag cleared another major hurdle this week after a state judge dismissed a lawsuit from environmentalists and local residents that sought to overturn the Southampton Town Planning Board's approval. Joe Workmeister reports on Newsday.com that acting New York State Supreme Court Justice Carmen St. George granted the dismissal Tuesday for lack of standing. That will allow Arizona-based developer Discovery Land Company to proceed with its plan for the proposed Lewis Road development, which will feature 130 residential units and an 18-hole golf course in East Quag, among other amenities. The project, once known as The Hills, is set to become one of the largest developments in the environmentally sensitive Pine Barrens. Attorney Stephen Barshow, who represents the developer, said the decision removes a roadblock since the litigation had prevented clearing of the site. Legal wrangling over the project, which would include preserving 436 acres as open space, has stretched over several years. A pair of environmental groups and several East Quag neighbors filed what's known as Article 78 litigation in January, arguing the proposed development received approval from the planning board in December, despite zoning restrictions that don't permit a resort. The litigation also named the planning board and the Southampton Town Board. Claudia Bramer, the attorney for the petitioners, told Newsday her team is reviewing the decision and they plan to appeal it. Lawyers on both sides of the case said the petitioners now would need to obtain an injunction from an appellate court to stop the development. Meanwhile, in Islip, the town will hold a public meeting on the new status of Long Island MacArthur Airport in Ronkonkoma as a state Superfund site in March, Supervisor Andy Carpenter said. Brianne Letta reports on Newsday.com that yesterday, during a news conference at the airport, Carpenter said there would be a community information center with, uh, excuse me, a community information session with town and state environmental officials at the Islip MacArthur Airport next Thursday, March 2nd at 5.30 p.m. Public water there is safe to drink and there is currently no public health risk, she emphasized. Quote, there's been much in the news lately about the fact that this airport was declared a Superfund site, and that's something that's been coming for years. It has to do with the foam that we're required to have to put out fires. God forbid there should be one. And it has not in any way impacted the drinking water. There's no health hazard whatsoever, Carpenter said. Airport officials also formally dedicated an $8.4 million a ground Transportation Center on Wednesday, which, along with $26 million in new grant money, joins a total $100 million invested in capital improvements at MacArthur over the last seven years. This $26 million in planned improvements comes uh, from federal and state grants. Construction began in January and is expected to wrap up in about a year. Looking at the railroads as the Metropolitan Transportation Authority seeks a $1.3 billion rescue from Albany, its leader acknowledged yesterday that outdated staffing practices and decades-old work rules at the Long Island Railroad are costing commuters and strap hangers millions. Quote, do we have on our operating side a ways to go to make sure that maybe antiquated rules, work rules, ways of working do not cause the MTA to spend more money than the first-class modern transit systems we look at as our peers, General Lieber told WNYC Radio. Sure, we have a ways to go. Nolan Hicks in the New York Post reports that a seven-month post-investigation revealed last month that the MTA could save at least $200 million annually by operating the LIRR as efficiently as its other major railroad, Metro North. Quote, a lot of that stuff is at the collective bargaining table, though, Lieber said. So you can't just change overnight the number of people that are assigned to a particular task, even if those assignment patterns date from, you know, 50, 60, 100 years ago, which some of them do. We have to win those changes at the bargaining table with our union. The last time the MTA pushed hard for LIRR work rule changes was in 1994, and it triggered a strike. 
Then-Governor Mario Cuomo quickly backed down and agreed to a settlement, which his furious MTA chairperson Peter Stangle described at the time as a ransom. Lieber's remarks built upon what he told state lawmakers during a budget hearing earlier this month when he said the MTA would put those issues on the table. The recent post-investigation revealed that the dramatic costs and inefficiencies at the LIRR means commuters pay some of the highest fares in the country but are still forced to contend with longer waits and more crowded trains. And finally, longtime Riverhead resident Catherine Stark is the presumptive uh, Republican nominee for the first legislative district seat being vacated by Suffolk County Ledge Al Krupski, who's running for South Holt Town Supervisor this year. Stark is seeking the GOP nomination and has the backing of Republican County Chair Person Jesse Garcia. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that a lifelong Republican, Stark, 59, has been a legislative aide to Krupski, a Democrat, for nearly all of his decade-long tenure in the legislature. The Republican County Committee is expected to designate Krupski's predecessor in the 1st Legislative District at Romaine as its candidate for county executive. In 2013, Krupski was elected to the legislative seat, left vacant by Romaine's election as Brookhaven Town Supervisor in a special election in 2012. Suffolk County Democrats have not yet announced their pick in the 1st Legislative District election. Reading the weather in Sayville in honor of our first guest this morning, Antoinette Trulio Martin, joining us for the Thoughtful Thursday segment, underwritten by William Riss Gallery. Looking like a cloudy Thursday with a high near 46 degrees. Northeast wind 8 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 36 degrees. East wind around 9 miles per hour, becoming west after midnight. Right now, it's 39 degrees, and we've got a Wings edition of The Heart uh, because former Wings bandman Denny Lane will be joining us at the bottom of the next hour for the Hot Sounds segment, uh, underwritten by uh, uh, William Riss Gallery. But I did want to say, speaking of Hot Sounds, I believe that the bell curves We'll be performing live in WLIWFM Studio uh, 51 this afternoon with Brian Cosgrove on the Afternoon Ramble. Uh, Kicking things off with a little Iron and Wine, Bruce Coburn after that, and Morphine, uh, followed by Gordon Lightfoot. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
From Bruce Coburn to Morphine, you never know what you're going to get here on The Heart, the weekday morning and midnight show featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life. All because of you, the listener supporter of Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Morphine leading us to the bottom of the nine o'clock hour, just after midnight, if you're listening to the replay. And it means it's time for our thoughtful Thursday segment. Uh, and I am joined by the very lovely, the very wonderful Antoinette Trulio Martin back for a second time. Last time she was talking about her memoir, Hug Everyone You Know, which I've given to my mother, oh. another <sighs> breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about one of your children's books, right? Yes. 
Today is uh, famous about- seaweed. Yes, famous seaweed soup. This is the reprinting of it. Well, it's a new issue. Okay, it's a new issue. It was first published in 1993 with the Albert Whitman Company, and and was that when the girls were this little? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So her, the the thing that's so wonderful about this children's story, is it's uh, is it nonfiction? It's an almost true story. Almost <laughs> true story. So you get to see, you get to see her and her husband and their girls at the time. Robin was not yet born, Mm-mm. so it was Sarah and Hallie. Hallie. Haley. Haley. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Sarah is a little bit older. Hallie or Haley still needs all the attention. She's goo goo gaga on the little baby. (laughs) And Sarah is saying, Who's going to help me make my famous seaweed soup? Right. And everybody's got their own thing going on. Can't can't just drop. They're on sandwich or sunscreen duty. They're talking to their friends. They're they're taking care of the baby. It's a beautiful story in uh, like self discovery, like learning what you right. can do on your own, mm-hmm. resilience, yes. independence, and and fun and awesome illustrations. Oh well, here's the story. <laughs> so the first book was. Um, illustrated by Nadine Bernard Westcott, who was, at the time in 1993, very famous illustrator. I was so lucky to be paired with her. And uh, she did all the Raffi books, but you're too young to remember I Raffi. love Raffi. Yeah, Are you kidding? Wait, is that like Raffi, like the singer? That, yes. <gasps> yeah, she did, all, and, and as well as so many others. But she illustrated my book, and she did this beautiful, very fun book. And it had a nice long life for about 17 years. And then it went out of print. And it's been out of print for about 10 years. So everything, all the rights went back to me except for illustrations. <gasps> so in the hybrid press world, I uh, did some more research. And I uh, picked a purple butterfly to see if they would vet me out. And they were willing to do it. And I could pick my own illustrator. So nowadays, you know... As opposed to ninety three, there was you know who knew internet and emails. It was it, and, was, the, it was a baby back then. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember doing like, that. <laughs> I feel like ninety three. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm trying to think about if I was playing around with the internet quite yet, possibly, and it might have been even like pre angel fire page day it was like it was the real right wild I think, west I think the of, big of the thing i did world. was email yeah yeah and that was it but America um, online and those, yeah the www the, the discs littered around the universe yeah, yeah. the three the floppies 100 200 free hours sorry go ahead so um so i got to uh look and find illustrators and now you could go all over the world and i talked to somebody in south africa and finland and berlin and then i contacted this other woman who sounded a lot like me so finally i said and where was she from holbrook new york stop it (laughs) penny weber i love that story and um and she's the sweetest thing she did the covers to my middle grade books and I loved her faces, and she um, was very open to my directions, and and yet the, did the interpretations. I love the action, mm-hmm. how she does action, like the when she uh, Sarah the hand gestures talks, and the shrugging put, puts the the snail into mm-hmm. the, which I really liked that part because there are living creatures in the famous seaweed soup. But don't worry, she sa- says to them. You'll go home after we're done playing. Yes, I'll take you home after yes. we're done playing. <laughs> you had, you know, you had to have make sure the daddy had domestic duties and yeah, you know that 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 sort of thing. So it was, um, it. I find writing for children in in this genre to be the most satisfying, and I I write um, the stories that that come from observation and watching their wonder and uh, discovery and it's just to me so magical and and refreshing it is and uh you know i'm sure you see it with your little one you know every day is like a new adventure a big adventure and and like combining things because they in the beginning 
like the world is just it's so open. Mm-hmm. And so I love watching how she combines two very unlike things mm-hmm. as she like goes around playing with her toys. Right. And right. it's like, wow, I would have never put Maui and I don't even know a <laughs> slice of orange together or well, I guess that yeah. is kind of natural. You yeah. know, we, we should all eat her slices of orange. <laughs> but that was a bad example. But, you know, it could be like a paintbrush or something like. Right. Yeah. Well, just going into the kitchen cabinets yeah. and getting yes. a bowl yep. and, and getting the plastic lid from the old yes. coffee can. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's the new it's toy. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's wonderful. And I used to, you know, and I would collect these things because I was working with very young children. I had young children and, you know, now I have grandkids. So I I find that their play is um is so refreshing. You and, just and mentioned re- how old are they? Five and nine now. My my grandkids are five and nine. I have grand nieces and nephews coming. You know, so Beautiful. I'm I'm kind of like surrounded by all these little so, guys. So the nine year old is she old enough yet for your middle grade series? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's it's um. It, the read aloud is good. Okay. Yeah, she likes the read aloud when when we read it aloud to her. But uh, to take it on herself, it's it's a little much. That's what we're gonna have yeah. to have you back to talk yes. about. Which do you mind touching oh, on it sure. a little bit? It's uh, it's a middle grade historical fiction series. Uh, the series is called Becoming America's Stories, and these stories are set in 1911, Lower East Side of Manhattan, in the tenements, and it follows uh, a young girl who is of Sicilian. Uh, um, parents yeah. and she's American born so it's um, these stories that happened in, in the series are taken from stories I heard around my dinner table oh I love that and uh, the, these are stories my grandmother would tell and then the uncles would get in and uh, fill in the gaps and um, I'm very fortunate to still have one of my father's aunts still alive and kicking and, and able to recall so much that is very cool. Yeah. So she, how old is she? She'll be ninety-five. Well, she is ninety-five. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 And Tosca. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I've taken these stories and I put it in a fictional context. But, but basically, um, nineteen eleven. What I find with American history that we teach in school, we have the Civil War, we have Industrial Revolution, and then World War One. Right. <laughs> But so a lot of time and a lot yeah, of stuff. It's about 20, 25 years that are lost yeah. in in the in the study of the history. A, a whole coming of age of, and, of a class of and people. And it's it's really quite amazing on how much foundational policies and laws and and events that had happened that still shape our nation today. Right. Women's suffrage, yes, uh immigration rules. Uh, housing, health care, the whole thing. So I, I picked this. And it's fast it's fascinating it's, it when, is you, when fascinating. you start to to hear stories of people from this time and, and New York history is very, oh. very interesting. I mean Eleanor and, Roosevelt was roaming and the heartbra- and heartbra- uh, yeah. heartbreaking as well. Yes, yes. So there um you know a lot of these little mini heroes that we really don't get to see. And what was nice about this whole um uh, series is that I went to the Tenement Museum and they were so helpful. Mm-hmm. And the Henry Street uh, Settlement, which is over 125 years old, and apparently it was kind of in the neighborhood that I set my my characters in. So it, it was... I like that you did, that you, it's, it's truth inspired, but it must have been very freeing to then fictionalize and yeah. be able to have more uh, freedom of movement. Yeah, it was easier to communicate yeah. that way. You know, so I established my characters so they each had a role, a different voice uh, within the story. So, you know, you have to work on your um, craft. Yeah. <laughs> but but it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I, I take, you know, observations, watching children, listening to stories, and I think those make the best stories Well, the famous seaweed soup was so much fun and so beautiful. So it's back. It's it's back. There's a new. Yes, this is the new edition. This is going to be the new um, iteration. Yeah. And we're going to it's going to be officially out May 9th. 
So, uh, you know, little bits and pieces are going to be floating out there. You check my Facebook. As seaweed does. <laughs> okay, so yes. check Antoinette Trulio Martin. Right. Uh, Trulio Martin 2017 in the Facebook. Um, you can search um, the famous seaweed soup launch team. Okay. So you get some some good idea as to what's going on and on Facebook. Purple Butterfly? Purple Butterfly Press. Okay. Yeah, she's out of South Carolina. And um, she does uh, a really nice, you know, it was really wonderful working with her and her team. What's it like for Sarah and Haley? Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it was funny. My, my Sarah is an artist. And, um, she, you know, I said, well, we're going to have a very diverse looking family looking here. And she's like, just make sure that the Sarah character has curly hair. Yeah. And and they <laughs> and do. <she> does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh as do you, as mm -hmm. do, as does the baby. Yeah. So So uh, cute. So it was uh, a lot of fun. And then I had to, you know, put down things that have uh, I keep saying it's an updated content from the original whereas in the first so one So how how has it changed? How has it evolved? Well, in the first one the daddy is looking for the radio station, but now he's oh. got a playlist. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Hey, we do both. <laughs> we do both. You can't always stream on the beach. No, that's uh, true. Sometimes um, you can, though. Sometimes you can. And you that's certainly true. can uh, with us because yes. we're on all the beaches. Mm -hmm. Stream and us at WLIW.org slash radio. Okay, keep going. There you go. And um, there's leash laws now. So in the oh. first book, there was a dog tagging along. So I, we can't have a dog. And there's also sun issues. You know, please make sure the child has Sunscreen, hats and, hats. Su and yes. um, you know, some sun. Uh, I, I think this is so cool. Yeah. So I I, I was very conscious and of I th those and things. And I think that that's so great that you felt okay mm -hmm. about, you know, updating the story mm -hmm. to, to make it uh, one that's like not only fun, but also very responsible. Yeah. And, and it's for a new generation. Yeah. Yeah. It's for a new generation. So. Uh, a lot of my students from 20-some-odd years ago are so excited that this is coming out. <laughs> they've been it. looking for the book. <laughs> so so what are you are you writing are you writing right now? Um, I do You're have, always writing. I'm always writing. I'm always writing. <laughs> I, I do have even a sequel for just this a, one. Even if it's just emails. <laughs> Her emails are so fascinating to read. Oh, you, you read those? Well, what? because yeah. I read your memoir. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> She's like, what, you're reading my emails? <laughs> yes. Agent yeah. Jane Fox reporting for duty. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, I do the email blasts and the whole thing. But um, I, I do have a sequel to this. I'm, I have to weigh and see if I can get that one published. Okay. And um, also I've been uh, working on... Going into the schools, presenting, you know, how books are published. Yay! And also I have some uh, programs where um, I, I work on journaling uh, prompts and working also on children being able to communicate with their older generation, grand prompts to ask your grands. Oh, to find, thank you for that. Yeah, so to find out, you know, how, how did you play? Who was your best friend? And um, did you walk to school, come home for lunch, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think these give um, children a, a great context as to where they had come from. And it also gives the elders a chance to, to reminisce yes. with this, you know, little kid. Right. And um, so I had been experimenting with some of these prompts with, uh, you know, some of the elders in, in my circle. And it's amazing the story. Some of the stories are just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, you know? I'm. I am so excited about this. I think yeah. it's so. I think intergenerational communication and connection mm -hmm. is so important. It is, and it's mm -hmm. a bit of a lost uh, art. It's a lost. There's story. been. Mm -hmm. I feel like in especially in, uh, you know, uh, as we've gone through the. The Great Recession mm -hmm. and whatnot, I feel like the latter kind of got burnt down. Yeah, and, and then there's the whole "Okay, Boomer" and like mm -hmm. a lot of um, intergenerational anger, you know. And I feel like those bridges all need yeah, to be rebuilt. A lot, of, a lot of angst, 
And, um, you know, when I was growing up, there was Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, you know, every holiday. That's a, that's every, a grand tradition. Yeah, yeah. The Sunday every dinner. Every birthday, you yeah. know. But th- but that has weighed away. Right. You know, ha- has come and especially And especially through the, the pandemic. pandemic had been it was, very hard. It was part of uh, keeping mm-hmm. our elder... Yeah, keeping... loved ones safe mm-hmm. was. Well, they were cooking. I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, cooking. I'm not. I'm not seeing you because I love you. That's been the last two years. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, this is a beautiful thing to rebuild these bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so I'm hoping this this uh, little program can get off the ground, and I'm actually going to be at the Islip Arts uh, Gallery. Okay. March fourth, presenting grand prompts to ask your grands. Fantastic. So. If anybody wants to come, I think it's at 1 o'clock. Okay, on March 4th at the Islip Arts Center? Center at the Westfield um, Mall, Bayshore Mall. Okay. On Sunrise Highway, next to Dick's. Antoinette Trulio Martin, the one and only, here for Thoughtful Thursday. I'm Gianna Volpe. Uh, Let's see, this is Gordon Lightfoot. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Perfect track if children had wings. Just a little love note to buckle your seatbelts ahead of the next one. 
It definitely qualifies as a, and now here's something completely different. The Smashing Pumpkins, Bullet with Butterfly Wings on WLIWFM. The world is a vampire. Sent to drain. Secret destroyers. Hold you up to the flames. And why do I get for my pain? Betrayed She spreads her wings 
Semisonic, she spreads her wings from the Feeling Strangely Fine record of 1998. Hopping forward just a few years, one of my favorites from Sage Francis, it's Broken Wings from the Personal Journal's record of 2002. WLIWFM. She's a fairy with broken wings, I used to watch her perform And if she hears me, I hope she sings songs that had me going right back Couldn't find anyone in town to talk about how no one like that should be confined to the ground we walk She glides, but it seems like she floats and these folks decide to crush her wings until they're permanently broke She'd ride, got some wind just by the way she spoke She cries, but loves to sing songs of freedom and hope on the east side Hustling, discussing things that we broke in shallow conversations as if we have deep roots We choke on our confusion, not sure if it's a heat stroke or if we need Trading in our cheap jokes for her C-notes I see notes being passed I ask to see what these creeps wrote The fine silly kids had flying privileges Revoked ski slopes have been blocked off They can't chance it Had weights tied to her ankles She most definitely can't skip Down, she's held down by the transcripts My hands grip Try to tie her wings back on Before they're once again clip Panic stricken She'll remain stuck on a Titanic sinking She's trying to stay up Change her plan thinking it's okay See this is strange but Abraham Lincoln Freed the slaves in a way that kept them chained up I'd like to see her take flight into the stars Instead of letting her fly free They keep her in jaws Instead of letting them fly free They keep them in jaws I put my hand to the glass so hard That it might break the prison bars It isn't hard to see why they keep her captive She's naturally attractive Speaks with ad libs She's uncommonly talented Ain't enough adjectives to do her disposition Justice kids are wishing for just a kiss And it's a mission to touch her lips They can't trust her with Freedom of movement That's a chance to lose her quick If she ups and splits You might as well call that discussion quick They have ways to keep her down The government's under links Enslaved people in this town Especially if their culture's rich Exploiting talents Making her do a bunch of tricks With the rest of the wingless imports Repeatedly told You, you ain't a fairy Just Stick She's a fairy with broken wings I used to go watch her perform And if she hears me I hope she sings songs That have me going right back Couldn't find anyone in town To talk about how no one like that Should be confined to the ground When I was down in New York She'd send me letters And I read her passages About how I left her to the savages No matter how sad that is I didn't cry Cause it was only a matter of time Before they figured me out And tried to strip my pride I knew the school Wish you could have seen the blueprints in my eye when I flew the coop, utilizing overground railroads in the sky. It was live or die. Let me let you in on the secret of mine. Me and you are different, girl. We don't even need wings to fly. You know, it feels like a sign. Yesterday, Mary Latham was in the studio and she was saying, I need to pick a song uh, for this video project I'm doing. And the first song that came to me was the acoustic version of Birdie's Wings. And I said that not remembering that I'm interviewing a, a former member of Paul McCartney's band wings denny lane joining us at the bottom of the next hour you will hear that acoustic version of birdie's track after jimmy buffett jackson dean macklemore and ryan lewis leading you into the npr news break with white wings from the band if birds could fly their 2012 record ghosts a single decade jump forward in time from this track Searching for that 
And away I was gone with the snow on.